Hi everyone, Scott Newman here, and I want to fill you in on a really great offer from Audible. If you're familiar with Audible, they have access to thousands of different audiobooks, podcasts, theatrical performances, uh, guided wellness performances, really anything you want to look for. And it's a 30-day free trial. And what's nice about this is, is that you can continue your life while you're listening. You don't have to stop what you're doing to open up a book. You can keep working, keep doing chores around the house. They even let you listen to a sample of whatever it is you're thinking about looking at. One of my favorite books is World War Z by author Max Brooks. And I just listened to a two-minute sample, and it sounded really cool. I'm definitely going to check that out in the future. So down in the show notes of the episode, the description, there's going to be a link. And it's going to be audibletrial.com slash scaredbyscott. So if you look at that link and click on it, that'll take you to your free 30-day trial of Audible. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Welcome to Scared by Scott. I'm your host, Scott Newman. This episode contains two stories for you. Our first story comes from the Nest of Horrors podcast. And the Nest of Horror podcasts, they take great horror stories by lesser-known writers and make full productions out of them. They're a short horror storytelling podcast, similar to mine, and you should definitely check it out when you're done listening to this episode. They're available on all major podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. And they're contributing our first story of the episode, and it's titled, My Wife is Alright. This podcast may contain explicit language or disturbingly descriptive imagery. Listen at your own discretion. You must be either mad or insane to seek out this godforsaken place. But since you're here, I guess I can show you the nest of horrors. Don't fall. Today's story has been pulled out of the nest by Reddit user Cautious Creative, and it's entitled My Wife is Alright, narrated by Sky Vox and Liam Hule. My wife is alright. I don't know why everyone keeps asking. Sure, the cancer came on suddenly and aggressively, but she has had an amazing team of doctors who have done everything they can. That's a direct quote, too. Her main doctor, Dr. Andrews, told me so himself. When I asked to take her home to let her finish recovering from all her treatments, they seemed hesitant. 
I'm sure they would have loved to be able to bill us for the rest of her recovery time spent in the hospital. But what she really needed was just to come home and recuperate, so they eventually agreed. The first night we got home, she was especially quiet. It must have been really strange for her to see the house again after so many months away. I helped her get comfortable in bed and decided to turn in myself. It had been so long since I was able to hold her as we drifted off to sleep. It's the most peace either of us had felt in so long. I woke up before her in the morning and began to make a big Saturday morning breakfast. I knew her appetite would be small still, but I figured she'd appreciate the gesture. When I was finished, I went to our room and carried her to the table. After spending so much time lying sick in a bed, her muscles had completely atrophied. While we ate, I brought up the idea of having a physical therapist come to help her regain her mobility. But she just stared at her plate, not saying a word. I could tell I had hurt her feelings, pointing out how illness had changed her once strong body into mere flesh and bones. I tried to redirect the conversation, but she wasn't hungry anymore. I took her back to our room so she could rest for a while. The next few months were hard on us. We tried to readjust to living together, but it wasn't as easy as it had been before. I still had to work my 9 to 5, and she insisted on going to bed as soon as I got home. Honestly, I was starting to get a little pissed off. I was doing everything under the sun for her, and she couldn't even humor me with just a little attention when I got home. I figured maybe she was depressed. Being in our house, remembering our old lives together. Our son was across the country now too, studying at college. His semester break was only a week or so away, so I called him up and asked if he would be willing to come and visit for a while, rather than stay at his apartment as he had planned. He was more excited about the idea than I thought he would be. He hadn't been home since the week his mother left the hospital, and I knew they missed each other terribly. They've always been so close. The day finally arrived, and I went to the airport to pick him up. We chatted the whole way home about his classes, friends, and some new girl he was seeing. We were so deep in conversation I almost missed our road, and then almost missed our driveway a few moments later. As we approached the house, my son began to act strangely. He claimed he could smell a dead animal somewhere, possibly under the porch. I couldn't figure out what he was talking about. But when I opened the front door, he began to gag. Dad, seriously, it smells like something died. Maybe it's in the wall. I really don't know what you mean, kiddo. Mom and I haven't smelled anything. You and Mom. Yeah, did you forget? The doctors let me bring her home to recover. We were now standing inside the foyer, the stairs to our bedroom directly to the left. Go on up and see her. She's been waiting for you. My son's face contorted in a combination of disgust and fear. What the hell is wrong with him? I wondered as I followed David up the steps. When we were at the top, he slowly walked into our bedroom and let out the most bone-chilling scream I have ever heard. Dad, what the fuck? 
I mean, seriously, what the fuck? Oh my god, why the hell is mom's body in your goddamn bed? Jesus Christ, I knew you were having a hard time with her death, but this is just sick. What the hell are you talking about, David? I asked, slightly irritated as I sat down beside my wife. I didn't know how she could remain so calm during all this. I... I gotta go. I'm gonna go. Jesus Christ, I think I'm gonna be sick. Oh god. Dad, we have to call someone. They'll understand, but you can't leave her here to rot. David started walking towards the stairs. He's lost his mind, I thought. I had better stop him before he goes to call God knows who and then gets himself locked up in the loony bin. I approached my son and tried to grab his arm, get him to turn around and see that his mother was perfectly fine. But he flinched. Hard. He was just so close to the edge of the stairs and he lost his footing. Even though it only took me a few seconds to get to the bottom of the stairs, there was already a huge pool of blood pouring from his head. Rest. That's all you need, Davy. Just a little rest. I'll help you get cleaned up and back to your room. When I woke up this morning, the house was quiet. I peeked into David's room, but he was still asleep. Must be tired from all those finals. Or maybe it was the long flight yesterday. Yes. That must be it. I crept quietly into the kitchen, careful not to wake anyone else up. I wanted our big Saturday breakfast to be a pleasant surprise for them. As I cooked, I couldn't help but smile. My wife is alright. My son is alright. I am alright. Hope you enjoyed this episode and will join us for more. Our second story is titled Almost. Come on, we only need a few things, then we'll go home. And that was the truth. We only did need to get a few items at the store that evening. If you're a parent like me, then you know what it's like having to drag one or maybe all your kids to the grocery store with you. It's not a ritual that I can say I look forward to. I usually feel quite the opposite. A feeling of impending dread about having to keep one eye on whatever mischief your child may be getting into, yet also seeking the most efficient method to find everything you need in the shortest amount of time possible. But maybe you're not like me in this way, casually walking or pushing your cart down the aisle, letting your kids roam free unsupervised doing as they please. Well, after hearing my story, 
you may think twice about how freely you let them roam. Daddy, can I push the cart? Asks my daughter Hannah. Sure, honey. If you get tired, let me know, and I'll take over. We really didn't need a cart this time, but my daughter always felt like she was one of the bigger kids when she got to push it. I'll admit it, it wasn't always easy. They don't exactly steer straight at times. But she usually handled it pretty well, and always with a big grin across her face. We had made it about halfway through the aisles when Hannah announced she was tired and needed a break. I wasn't surprised by this. After all, a seven-year-old's attention span only went so far before something distracted it. She had done this trip with me a number of times before and knew what was over in the next aisle. It was a toilet paper. She wanted to go make her fort before the opportunity passed by. I'll be over in the next aisle, Daddy. But before I could respond, she was already rounding the corner. Anna, wait. I somewhat shouted, forgetting for a moment where I was, as a couple other shoppers shot me wayward glances. I couldn't help it, though. She always had a bad habit of running off without notice, and not just at the grocery store. Someday I always feared it would get her into trouble. I spun the cart around on a dime, with some effort required, as its casters seemed to stick in place for a few moments. As I pushed forward, I could see no sign of Hannah, and I was forced to maneuver my way around an elderly couple and an obese man using one of those motorized carts. When I finally made my way over to the spot in the toilet paper shelves, where I knew Hannah liked to hide, I was taken aback for a moment. She was nowhere to be seen, not anywhere in the aisle or under the shelving. Hannah! I quickly yelled out, this time with more assertiveness. Hannah, where are you? This isn't funny. Again, no answer from her as panic started to set in, and an uneasy feeling filled my stomach. It has only been maybe a couple of minutes since she disappeared from my sight. Then at the other end of the aisle, another shopper called out to me. Sir, is that your daughter there? Without hesitation, I came over to see where she was pointing. And there, thank God, was Hannah, about three aisles over. But she was walking in the opposite direction, towards the exit. And she wasn't alone. With her arm draped over my daughter's shoulder was an old woman. And by old, I mean ancient-looking. They were heading away from me in a manner like they knew each other, like they were best friends. Leaving the cart aside, I caught up to them as they approached the exit doors, and I touched the old woman on her shoulder. I felt 
An instant chill ran down my spine as she snapped her head back at me, causing me to take a step back. Excuse me, where are you going with my daughter? I said somewhat forcefully. Oh, this is your daughter. Such a pretty little one she is. She looked lost to me, and I offered to help her find her mommy and daddy. Well, I'm her father, so you won't need to do that. Thank you, though. Glad to help. Need to keep a sharper eye on the little ones, you know, especially in a big place like this, the woman said. The old woman proceeded to leave at that point, just as one of the store employees approached me. Is everything all right, sir? Yeah, I think so. Just a misunderstanding between myself and that old woman. The store employee, whose name tag read Rick, gave me a strange look. Sir, what old woman? What do you mean? The one I was just talking to. The one that was with my daughter. Rick said, I'm sorry, I thought you were talking to your daughter. To be honest, it looked like you were talking to someone else, though. That's crazy. She was right here. I even touched her shoulder, I said. Rick responded, Look, I can call the manager over if you'd like to speak to her about it. At that point, I declined his offer. I just wanted to leave and get my daughter home safely. I even left without the groceries we had initially come to pick up. The whole experience had left me completely unnerved. I didn't even notice how hard I was breathing, or how high my pulse was until we got back to the car. Surely I hadn't been the only person to have seen that old woman. When we got home, I sat Hannah down at the kitchen table and asked her why she was walking with that strange old woman. I don't know, Daddy. I just saw her standing there, and she talked to me. She asked me to go somewhere with her. She asked me not to tell anyone. She talked to you? I said. Hannah said, not really talked, more like she whispered in my ear. I sent Hannah to bed soon afterwards, making sure to check in the closet under the bed and double-checking the lock on her window. I hadn't done any of those things in years, but tonight I wasn't going to take any chances. I sat in my chair for a while, replaying the whole incident in my mind. I know what I had seen and what I had heard. I also know what I felt when I touched that old woman's shoulder. It sent a chill down my spine, that primal sense that something was wrong. She was wrong. I also remember the last thing the old woman did as she walked out the exit. She turned to face me 
and Hannah, and she mouthed the single word as she pointed a bony finger at us. I just figured out what she said, or more like what she whispered in my ear. Almost. This concludes our episode for today. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check the show notes in our description to learn about the authors and stories presented in this episode. Be sure to check out Nest of Horrors podcast to learn more about the stories they present there. And until next time, try not to get scared. <laughs>